Hello, and welcome back to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. This episode is episode 9 of the Playable Futures mini-series, which has been happening right here on your regular GI podcast feed. I'm Will Freeman, I'm the host of the Playable Futures podcast, I'm also a freelance game journalist, long-time GI contributor, and do all sorts of other bits and pieces around the games industry. Today, in this episode of Playable Futures, we're going to be talking about the future of mobile games and what that might mean for creativity, the game industry and the wider medium. For the conversation, I was joined by the brilliant Deborah Mensa-Bonsu, Deborah's founder of DMB Crew and its flagship initiative, Games for Good. I'm sure you might have heard of it. It focuses on helping studios and the industry itself kind of harness games to make positive social impact. Deborah's formerly a supercell and space ape games as well, so incredibly well versed in kind of mobile trends and the opportunities. Just in case, if you haven't listened to a Playable Futures podcast yet, what is it? Well, it's a project that gathers insights from industry veterans and leaders, creative visionaries, and anyone really shaking up what games can be. Why to peer into the future of gaming and where things are going? We've got a load of episodes behind us. Uh, you can already check out our conversations with the likes of PlayStation, the United Nations, Roll7, Sega's Amplitude Studios, Playco, Gearbox, and a whole load more. Really are about to get started. Before we do that, just brief and sincere thanks to project partners, Yuki and Diva Agency. They've been working with us incredibly hard to make the Playable Futures podcast possible. So, yeah, thanks, Yuki, GI, Diva. Really appreciate this. That's all you need to know for now. Let's dive into that conversation with Deborah. Hey, Deborah, thanks so much for joining us here on Playable Futures. Um, yeah, just to start off, it'd be fantastic to hear a little bit about yourself, of course. Um, perhaps starting with how you fell for games and how that turned from being player or consumer of games to wanting to be a bit more involved. Sure. So hi, everyone. Nice to be here. Uh, And thanks, Will. So how did I get into gaming? It's been more than a decade now. uh, And I actually uh, had a career before this in journalism. I did that for like six, seven years and then decided I wasn't really in love with news. (laughs) And so I ended up quitting. This was still when I was in Canada and I moved to Europe or I'd say back to Europe because I'm actually German by birth. And then I was kind of kicking around there for a little while thinking about what should I do next? And then I fell into gaming. So actually what you said about, uh, you know, how did you turn from like a player consumer into somebody who was working in the industry? It was the other way around for me. So I did not actually have much contact with games at all growing up you know my uh, brother and i for example we always just kind of played outside <laughs> yeah <laughs> didn't right, really yeah. real have playing. access to yeah real playing yeah, <laughs> yeah cops and robbers kind of stuff on bikes um we didn't really have access to consoles i also grew up quite uh poor so you know we just didn't have something like that in our household uh so i didn't really get you know, introduced to games until much later in life. And then, you know, sure, I had some friends who who played video games. And so I dabbled a little bit. But I remember when I, uh, you know, got a job uh, in gaming, um, I started off in London at Microsoft. Some of my friends, especially my guy friends were like, uh, you're you're doing what now? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna work at Xbox. And they're like, what? (laughs) So 
yeah, I honestly, I fell in love with gaming, like on the job. So it was the other way around for me. Yeah, but that's, I hope that's a reflection of like, it's the games industry and the games medium increases in breadth and brings more people in that. And like, you've got a different perspective, right? Someone that didn't have that like, snarl, I, you know, how biased am I by my early experiences and that kind of thing? It's really, I don't know, it's really fascinating to hear someone coming <laughs> into it like that. And so, yeah, obviously you've done quite a lot of different things in games, but where like you know what yeah what your career journey like what uh, it'd be great to hear a little bit about your kind of career journey and where you are now in terms of what you're doing now in games yeah sure so started at xbox and it was more in like the the video sharing and editing platform that launched with the xbox one called upload so i was doing like presenting which was a lot of crossover from the journalism side but also like content curation and community management was a lot of what i did then and I kind of, yeah, fell in love with games and I think uh, the industry and the community through doing that and really understanding like the passion that people have for this medium, both the players and the people who work in the industry is like super infectious. And I think that like connection is what got me to to stick around. And so I was at Xbox for a couple of years and then I went into mobile gaming uh, at Space Ape Games and I started there as well in community management. And then fairly quickly ended up doing more of the content side and sat more so on the marketing team. So it was kind of a mix between community management and and marketing and kind of being that bridge between our studio and players. But then that evolved again into, you know, working more on on, uh, launches and soft launches and that kind of thing. And then at some point, uh, a few years in, I just started to get more interested in like what else we could do with games you know besides entertain so i started doing work with youth for example kind of trying to debunk some myths about getting into the industry or who this industry is for and then also starting to work with you know like charitable partners and games and that kind of thing and the more of that i did like the more that i wanted to do and at some point yeah it was almost like my day job was getting in the way (laughs) so uh eventually I resigned there and then uh, Space Ape became my first client when I started my own uh, consultancy called Games for Good. And I also started working with United Nations Environment Program on something called Playing for the Planet and then working with a couple of other studios uh, in London and then eventually also with Supercell. And yeah, so it's sort of just kind of grown from there. Um, it's, it's been It's been great. Yeah, it's not our, our first episode of the season was with the United Nations and games. So as we get near to, near to the end of the season, it's nice at going full circle like that. So yeah, we're already kind of talking about the potential of games, right? That this amazing thing full of so much potential to engage, to share stories and experiences and bring people together. We're also here to talk about mobile, right? And you, you've worked in the mobile space, obviously, at Space Ape and then kind of some of the projects you're doing now. But you know, they're understandably in many ways there's kind of this negative association around mobile aggressive monetization lower quality design like even that thing of it not being real gaming a a ridiculous one to me but and that is misrepresenting the reality so why should we feel optimistic about mobile as a platform and you know it's potential the most obvious one there is the reach you know um i mean even if i think of you know, myself, uh, when I was growing up, I didn't have a console, but maybe if we had had access to smartphones back then, maybe I would have had one of those. I don't know. You know, so many people these days have access to, uh, to a phone where they may not have access to a PC or, or console. So 
being able to yeah reach so many people, uh, I think is a huge strength for mobile. And when we're talking about, oh, the design is lesser or that kind of thing. I mean, mobile games, uh, you know, especially these days, like there's so many works of art. <laughs> like there are amazing mobile games out there, both um, you know, from the design and uh, the art or the storytelling or like the immersive gameplay that they can provide. So I don't believe uh, that either. And I think this idea that being a gamer is only one one kind of thing is also changing, thankfully. I think people are starting to understand that what it means to be a gamer is not what we thought it was like 10 years ago. You know, most people who are gamers these days are women and they are on mobile. So. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like trying to apply. I think, we, you know, we almost have the same breadth as music now. We might have opera and punk and techno or all types of music, right? Probably with some crossover, but different audiences, different publications, different labels, different industries. And yet we're somehow expected, like gamer somehow claims ownership over certain bits. It's a, it's a, it's a peculiar one. I guess, I don't know, it only springs to the top of my head now, but maybe kind of mobile being free from that is kind of a strength. Maybe mobile has a bit more capacity to go in its own directions, not contained by the old guard. Maybe I'm talking absolute nonsense. Yeah, no, no, I think you're right. I think there's a, a potential for mobile to um, engage with people who, who also maybe didn't consider themselves as gamers, yeah. right? So I think expanding the breadth of what we think of with our industry. Uh, yeah. I think mobile are the ones who are kind of leading on that. So yeah. I think that's really exciting. Let's carry on down that route and talk about Games for Good specifically. Like it'd be great to hear one a bit more about what Games for Good does and where mobile, but you mentioned some of the people you worked as, where kind of mobile's been a vehicle for what Games for Good does. Yeah, so uh, Games for Good really is a consultancy um, to work in that space of games and social impact. And it can be different kind of levers that we you know, work with. So one is um, within the studio itself, I think, it's hard to make games that are maybe really impactful if your studio culture isn't reflecting that. So I think we sort of have to work from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So part of the work I do is definitely within the studio and working on, on like changing mindsets um, and like culture change really. Mm -hmm. um, and then another piece is definitely like the games themselves. So, um, you know, what can we incorporate within uh, our games to try to, to reach and teach our players about different kinds of subject matter, whether that is uh, the environment or whether it's something else. And then uh, also kind of trying to work uh, in bringing different um, kinds of groups together. So uh, I often play like a convening role almost. So sort mm -hmm. of trying to build relationships between maybe different studios or even studios and NGOs who are trying to do work together. Um, yeah, but it can look like a lot of different things. <laughs> um, but yeah, generally it's either within the studio, within the games, or then more sort of the ecosystem of, of games and uh, and NGOs or, or other partners. And, and do you have examples where mobile has proved a kind of valuable delivery vehicle for games with social impact? Yeah, I think one of the really strong examples of that, and uh, we're actually kind of right in the tail end of it, is the the Green Game Jam, where it started as mobile in its first year, because we also thought that uh, mobile is a great place where you can iterate really quickly and you can get new content out quickly. Mm -hmm. So if we're thinking about trying to incorporate um, 
you know, green messaging or green theme into a game and we want to do that quickly, then mobile is, um, yeah, a great medium to be able to do that. Shorter production timelines, um, also, you know, live ops within uh, mobile so you can more easily integrate things um, and keep things fresh. Uh, whereas, you know, with a PC or console game, like it might take years and years and years before you're going to see that that content live. And we had, uh, I think, 41 different games participate uh, in the Green Game Jam this year. And the majority of them were mobile. So even though we opened it up to console and PC in later years, uh, the bulk of studios that still participate in the jam are mobile. And I think it's because of that quicker iteration, which is a real strength for mobile. And, you you know, in terms of the future of mobile, do you see that continuing that mobile will have this value as a place for iteration, game jams, creativity, you know, quick turnaround, I guess, welcoming people into making games? Yeah, I think the barrier there is lower. I do. I mean, we are seeing that, you know, development timelines in mobile are also getting longer because the market has gotten really competitive too and so uh you know it's just taking longer to get a game out these days if you really wanted to have a shot but i do still think that it's still a much shorter turnaround than other platforms for example so yeah i see the strength there and one of the things kind of one of mobile's greatest contributions to games and their potential games as a medium is kind of you know they've we've seen them broaden as well as growing broaden the audience that plays games you know perhaps in part thanks to movements like hybrid and hyper casual like you say kind of mobiles are synonymous with daily life is that do you see there's more room for growth there like will that trend of kind of broadening the people that play games continue in the future or perhaps mobile audiences might shift in other ways yeah it's a good question i mean i think definitely the potential is there for um even more people to be able to access games via this uh platform you know especially if you look at uh, like Latin America or or Africa, like Africa is, um, you know, mostly uh, on mobile and it's um, one of the quickest growing uh, markets now for mobile too. So uh, I think in some, you know, other parts of the world, again, where people are just really used to, to like mobile first, there's a real opportunity there. Um, but I also think, you know, games in general are just evolving so much. Uh, all the time, whether whether it's like different platforms and, uh, you know, what the dominant platform will be, who knows? I think they're all growing, right? All the time. <laughs> I think uh, this medium is growing all the time. So, um, but also the, the sort of uh, interactions between games and uh, other forms of entertainment uh, is getting more and more prevalent. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, TV or music or movies. Um, so seeing more of those cro- crossovers as well, I think, in the future and how that'll play out on on mobile specifically, I guess we'll right. see. Right, I guess that's interesting right there. Yeah, that, there is that idea of platform becoming less relevant, right? If we're going to mobile power increases as get cross-play performance increases, like... Yeah, uh, and I'd be interested. You were talking then about the intersection of other me- other mediums, film mm-hmm. and television, and so on with mobile. Like in that kind of, ch- you know, what have we got? A kind of upsetting of the standards of we used to have very definite platforms: mobile, console, PC. Kind of the distinctness of those is fading as all these other m- 
mediums come in? How might mobile sit in that? You know, you mentioned those examples of film and TV. What might mobile's role there be a kind of hub for the experiences? I'd be interested to hear more of what you just suggested there. Uh, definitely with the younger generations, even the way that we're looking at like interacting on social media, I think is going to change. And uh, mobile is a place for that. Another great example of kind of mixing uh, you know, mixing industries or, or mixing mediums is uh, actually Space Apes game Beatstar, right? It's a it's a music rhythm game uh, on mobile, and uh, whether you play that game because you love the challenge of rhythm games, or you play that game because you love listening to your favorite music, yeah, there's like a clear marriage there. So I think we'll see more and more uh, of that. But then also, you know, these like universes of of games, I think are also expanding outwards more and more. A friend and I were talking about uh, like Disney the other day and the fact that, you know, you can go on a Disney cruise, you can go to a theme park, or you can watch a Disney film, or you could buy the merchandise. And I think for, you know, some of these bigger kind of IPs, the the same can happen for games, right? Like, I mean, Rovio is also a good example of that. I think more and more we'll see like different touch points of games that are not just within the game, but like building a whole universe outside the game as well. And I guess, you know, you're talking about a universe outside the game and it's not exactly very timely or topical of me to mention Pokemon Go, but at the same time, mobiles are devices we have with us, right? We've also, I feel naff just mentioning words like metaverse and (laughs) web 3.0, you know, will we see more of those kind of mobile experiences? Do you see potential there where mobile and mobile games are putting us into a bigger expanded game universes in ways beyond the screen that we hold in our pockets? Yeah, I'm a bit curious about, um, you know, the sort of AR, uh, XR space, because so far, yes, definitely Pokemon Go, but then I haven't really seen anything else. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I can't even remember how long that was. It kind of feels yesterday. Yeah, years yeah, ago, feel, right? feels like, like a long time ago now. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm I am curious to see how like real world and you know digital world will kind of come together more. But how that will will play out, I'm really not sure. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you're thinking. Oh, that's the absolute definite future of mobile. There's suddenly going to be these devices that we use AR through constantly, or you know, a certain Apple recently announcing was that three thousand. I can't remember the price of the headset they announced about twenty four hours before a recording. But you know, uh, yeah, exactly. It's always that like, like, like the barrier to to entry, right? Like, I guess that yeah. How many people will be able to to access this stuff? Yeah, to make when, it really massively um, like mainstream. I think yeah. Until the cost of those things comes down. And again, you're like, does that maybe the future of mobile is ideally it's staying kind of like it is because you're talking about market reach and right. I can pick up a mobile as I'm doing. Realize the listeners can't see me, but picking up a mobile and looking at its screen is a lot less intimidating than picking up a a joypad, right? Or a a game pad. Perhaps particularly in kind of the games with impact future of mobile is keeping it simple important. Mm, This piece around like, well, what does good impact look like? This whole space, I think, is still really new. So uh, I think we need to be doing a lot more uh, research on kind of uh, player behavior and behavior change and whether that's really possible through games. Um, I think we're like we're really in the beginning stages still of like what really works 
you know, uh, and what is it that we're trying to accomplish in the end? Um, you know, even for something like, uh, the green game jam, we were just discussing, like, is, is the goal, for example, to collectively raise a bunch of funds for any given, um, uh, for any given cause, or is it, you know, much deeper than that? Is it about, uh, behavior change and mindsets, um, and culture change? Is it both? Um, how do you tackle that really effectively? What are the best ways to do that? Um, so yeah, all of that I think is still fairly new and uh, we're sort of always looking at interesting people we can partner with who also have um, you know more background in, for example, behavioral psychology um, and who can really like help to move this space forward and also share best practices with studios so that they're not just doing anything, but that they're doing something that, you know, that also is effective and that works. And you mentioned, you know, one of the things here is, I guess, the demographics that play mobile, younger demographics, you've mentioned social media. And now, of course, we're seeing games played on mobile that aren't games as apps. There's the first few games playable in TikTok or even Snap or instant games that require no downloads or games playable in other social networks. Like how... I guess both in terms of games with impact and kind of the accessibility of mobile games, like how significant are the potential of those instant games, those games and social media platforms? Is somebody interested in impact? Does that excite you, that idea, or feel insignificant? I think for me it comes down to, like, what are you trying to achieve? Um, and how much time do you think you need with your player to be able to communicate the thing that you're trying to, um, yeah, that you're trying to reach them with. So, you know, if, for example, your main goal is um, to convey like a very specific message and it's only going to take, I don't know, a few seconds to convey that message and you'd rather have lots of people see that message than not, then, then like, great. But I think deeper engagement is definitely going to be like more memorable and probably uh, more impactful than than seeing something for a second and then having it go away so and like consistency as well like repetition consistency um and having something that really also marries with with the game itself so not trying to force something in there that is really going to take players completely out of the experience, right? Like how do you create content that, yeah, that is like additive and uh, sits neatly with what the game itself is sort of trying to achieve as opposed to, yeah, kind of break, break the experience for people. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I guess. Yeah. Like how much power can something fleeting have? Obviously there'll be examples where it's tremendously powerful. Making me think as well, like when you're making, you know, whether when you were kind of involved in mobile games, kind of more specifically at Space Ape or when you've consulted on those mobile projects through Games for Good. Like, you know, I guess you're facing the same forces any mobile games face around discoverability, right? The amount of noise out there. Like, do you see those things changing? Do you see those challenges ending? Or is it always going to be hard to stand out and punch through and make an impact? I get, you know, the great thing is a lot of people have mobile games and can pick up a sorry a lot of people have mobiles and can pick one up and look at one easily but there's hundreds of thousands of games out there do you do you see issues around discoverability and standing out are those challenges going to go away 
Do you mean for mobile in general? or Yeah, or I guess mobile in general, but obviously or... your experience, you know, I guess I do mean mobile in general because uh, I guess your games with impact on mobile are part of mobile in general, right? Yeah, I think I also, you know, this is a good point. I think there's different ways that you can have um, impactful games, right? So I do a lot with uh, kind of games uh, that have an existing audience that are looking to um, like innovate on their titles to um, try to convey a, a message or to try to do something a bit new on the impact side with their titles. Um, as opposed to, for example, um, creating a brand new game from scratch about impact uh, or about that subject matter. And I think um, both are totally valid. You know, I think you can you can create a great game about that subject matter. And more and more, I think they can be commercially viable as well, whereas before it was always quite niche and, and indie. I think that's changing. Um but yeah, so uh, I would say I'm, I'm more so, uh, or so far, I've been more so focused on how can we use the existing games with these massive audiences uh, and then use that medium to try to reach people uh, as opposed to create something from scratch that we hope will be discovered, that we hope will, um, yeah. That doesn't mean, like I said, I think both are totally valid. They're just different approaches sorry with that discoverability thing do you feel you know i guess just that classic challenge for all mobile developers of getting noticed of getting out there are things going to improve like will we see kind of platform maturity where that gets easier or is that just always going to be the counterpoint to the opportunity of large audiences so uh, i guess when it comes to you know discoverability or all the competition out there yeah i don't think it's getting easier <laughs> i don't see that going away or yeah i don't think see things getting easier which is why uh i think the like the challenge and the opportunity for people working in games is to start to think about new ways of doing things or creating things that haven't been done before like i i do think something that is uh you know truly good at the core will kind of rise to the top i do believe in that but i think there's so much room for yeah, for innovating, for for trying something yeah. new that we haven't seen. Yeah, so. that's really, and probably, you know, you've uh, revealed there's a more interesting question than what I asked, right? Is like, that's perhaps the more, it's the more exciting challenge in mobile. There's so much has been done in the space, and yet there's so much more to unearth. So perhaps as a final question, or to just, you know, continue on that theme, do you feel confident that mobile, considering so many hundreds of thousands of mobile games have been made, and maybe there's been a kind of homogenization of some of the design rules of mobile, do you still feel optimistic about it being a platform for innovation, creativity, innovative game design? Definitely, yeah, 100%. I think the, yeah, again, just the, like, the scale there is is so exciting, and the potential power to connect people in like a really meaningful way and not just people throwing likes on something or uh and then feeling feeling validated in some way but then still terribly lonely like i think we have an opportunity to try to yeah create meaningful connections between people and i think mobile is is such a great space for that um so that's what I would love to see more of. Um, you know, it's not just 
not just being in the game or being in the space, but like, um, yeah, creating like true connections uh, or facilitating a space where people can form true connections. I think despite us all being, you know, online all the time and arguably more connected than ever, I think people are just so lonely. And um, yeah, I would love mobile and games in general to to like fight for that space to to like really connect people. Yeah, and I I, pr- I know I said the last my last question was my last question, but this really will be, but. I'd love to hear a little more, like how, like you say, we're kind of all connected, but in this slightly unreal way, you know, we're all connected and distanced by this technology that, you know, online technology, like how might mobile games in the future kind of connect people rather than silo them off into being people staring at mobiles? I mean, this is a, I think it's a a big challenge, but yeah. And not just honestly, not just like from mobile, but maybe humanity. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. I'd like you to solve. That's the last question. I just want you to solve all of humanity's challenges about connectedness and meaning and relationships. Uh, like, to be honest, <laughs> I think all of us, you know, all the time, we have so many walls up and masks up, and everyone is just so afraid all the time and we make a ton of fear-based decisions just in general (laughs) as humanity and I feel like if we could create more spaces where it was okay to be vulnerable and where we could assuage each other's fears instead of feeding into them then maybe we could have like healthier people relationships better connections healthier world yeah and I, and I really feel like games are such a an amazing space to try to tackle that because with games we can like imagine these better futures that we want to have we can imagine you know the world that we want to live in and how yeah. we'd like to be with each other and treat each other and yeah um that's, yeah, yeah just so that's what I would love yeah yeah love to see in idea right like ambition and ideas and planning for the future and all those things. I don't know. It's like it's the horizon of our ambition and games can change that horizon or take us a bit beyond it by showing us things. Right. And if mobile can be a vessel for that, well, some of those things you said about masks and walls and anxieties, I can definitely identify with some of those. And um, yeah, I yeah, think so, everybody can, you yeah. know, I think, I think we all can it's hard it's, being human. So yeah. Yeah. Why don't we yeah. make it easier for each other instead of harder? Yeah, and this little pocket computer that has capacity for play and creativity and bringing people together. Yeah, mobile's not such a bad thing, right? It's easy to talk. We started the conversation. There's all this thing about bad game design and aggressive monetization, but it's what we make of the the future opportunity of mobile is what we make of it. And yeah, I love the one you just suggested. It's not a question. I just, yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> um, yeah, different. and I think um, just on like the monetization piece as well, I don't think it's wrong to spend money on something that you think is bringing you value, you know? And um, I think whether that's a mobile game or a premium game, whether that is your streaming account, you know, like however you want to spend your time, if you think that it's bringing you value, I think it's okay to spend money on it. So Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, oh, that's that's a nice yeah, that's a nice point too. And I've yeah, it's strange that isn't it? I kind of distanced myself from mobile monetizations only bad, and I'm I've happily spent far too much money on yo-yos, which I spend lots of time for. Then get lots of mental health <laughs> benefits awesome. and happiness and community. Yeah, exactly. uh, we're going to be wrapping the episode. To anyone who knows me, I'm not going to start talking about yo-yos, but at the same time. <laughs> Something simple you play with that connects you with people that I've spent far too much money on, but got community and meditation and therapy out of. Like, yeah, there's things you play with. They're all right, aren't they? Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Joy is a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just bringing joy to, to people is a good thing. Yeah. It's easy to spend a lot of money on it sometimes. Anyway, um, right. Honestly, Deborah, really interesting chat. Like, I couldn't have kind of predicted or expected how that would go. And I really love how it went. So, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, to kind of finish with the opportunity for a plug, like if you, can you say any projects you'd like people to point their attention to? Yeah, I think uh, definitely something to get involved with is uh, playing for the planet for anyone, especially who's kind of sustainability minded or wants to learn more, wants to get their studio on that journey. Uh, I would check check them out. Oh yeah, feel free to, to message me on, on LinkedIn if you just want to have a chat or brainstorm. Nice one. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you to everyone listening. Deborah, thanks so much. Bye. And there we have it. Thanks so much for joining us through that episode. And obviously, thanks sincerely to Deborah for all those insights. In our next episode of the Playable Futures podcast, due in a couple of weeks, we'll be tackling one of the big themes the games industry is obviously currently obsessing over, artificial intelligence. Strictly speaking, that AI episode will also be the final episode of the current series of the Playable Futures podcast, although we're likely to be bringing you one extra episode a few weeks after with a surprise beloved guest from the games industry. I'll leave that as a little bit of a mystery for now. Um, And just to say, the main GI podcast obviously isn't going anywhere. Playable Futures is coming to the end of its season soon, but James and the rest of the team will be bringing you all kinds of amazing episodes in the usual place. And the Playable Futures podcast is due to be back for a second series in the coming months. So, yeah, thanks for listening to all and any of the Playable Futures podcasts you've listened to. Thanks again to GI, to Yuki and the team at Diva Agency for making this happen. It's been a lot of fun and we've all learned a lot. Thank you. <laughs>